Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. Every now and again, the Leadership File looks at key issues which are foundational to Christian leadership. And this week we're looking at the subject of Christian education. We know that all of life is to be offered to God, so there's no sacred-secular divide. But if the Church of God is to flourish in the UK, we need to train the Church's leaders in a way that they can access, and at a price that is affordable. So with changes afoot within the sector, I'm joined by Bob Stradling, who's been in higher education for much of his career, with stints at the uh, business schools of Sunderland University and Durham University, as Head of School of Business and Creative Industries at Inverness College, UHI, and Vice Principal and Chief Operating Officer at Springdale College, Birmingham, now known as Fermission. He's now College Director of Waverley Abbey College, based at the headquarters of CWR in Farnham in Surrey. So welcome, Bob, to Leadership Farm. Thank you very much, Andy. Good good to chat with you. Um, I mean, your own experience of higher education? Okay, well, uh, I... I fluffed my A-levels, uh, so I didn't get, uh, I wanted to go to university, but I didn't get the A-levels I wanted. Oh dear. So, so I applied to uh, a polytechnic and got it uh, uh, through clearing and got onto a business studies degree at Preston Poly. Okay. So that, I mean, that was back in the days, of course, with when polys were existing and, all the, and colleges and all the rest of it. Yes, it was uh, quite a different environment to, to that which we have today. Uh, Preston Polytechnic is now known as the University of Central Lancashire. Right. Uh, and most of the polytechnic, in fact, all the polytechnics have now disappeared. Right. Where, where were you? Where was your home? Where were you brought up? I was brought up in Kent. Um, I was born in South London, uh, and then brought up in Kent in, in Edenbridge. And uh, I came to faith there when I was a young man at uh, Edenbridge Baptist Church. Okay, splendid. Good. So we're, we're looking in particular at the, the provision of, of theological education. Maybe you could just kind of paint the the landscape for us. Uh, I mean, many people will be familiar with. You know, the Anglican Church has a particular system with potential students opting for one of a number of, of training providers. What, just give it a, a description as if we're, uh, most of our listeners perhaps a bit ignorant of the whole scene. Okay, the scene is very varied. Um, there are still a number of theology departments in mainstream universities, though they're not particularly geared up uh, for uh, training vicars, uh, ministers, priests. And so there are a number of denominational training centres that people have. So the Anglicans have a number, many, some of which are attached to mainstream universities. But most of, most of the Anglican awards these days are done through what's called the Common Awards Programme, uh, which is based out of Durham University. And then the students study in, in different centres around the country, so Trinity uh, down in Bristol, St John's Nottingham, uh, and so on. Uh, and But they get... Uh, a Durham degree. But other denominations use other methods. So the Methodists have Cliff College, the Baptists have Spurgeons, and they have the Baptist College in Bristol as well, and other uh, uh, facilities. And uh, no, other denominations and networks have their own colleges. Right, right, okay. So, um, you know, obviously some listeners listening, they'll be familiar maybe with the way they've been trained um, and the kind of things they're doing. And maybe they've got folk who within their church are coming forward and saying, okay, um, I think I need to, uh, to study further. I think I may be being called to ministry or whatever. Um, so uh, what are they looking for at in terms of the actual cost uh, of training? Well, the, the cost to the college and the cost to the individual are often two very different things. 
So uh, a few years ago, the government introduced uh, fees for higher education. So many of our listeners will be uh, familiar with the idea that uh, we, most universities will charge £9,000 uh, for two students, and that's actually going up a little bit this year uh, as they change the rules. But for the smaller colleges, the private colleges, uh, they, they've been limited to a maximum fee cap of £6,000. And in fact, many of the smaller colleges don't even charge that uh, to their students. Uh, some charge a little bit more, but it, that means that um, the colleges, no, the students will be paying somewhere between six and £9,000 a year if they're applying for a first degree. Now, you don't have to have a degree to be a minister of, of, of religion, but lots of people, after three years of training, uh, which is often the, uh, the sort of time period, uh, no, like to come away with a with some sort of recognised award. Right, right. Um, and so the, um, you know, the theological colleges themselves uh, cannot they cannot just say right we're going to charge you know the, the actual cost of the training. They are limited by uh, by law, is well, it, or by the government? How, how does it kind of work? Well, in, in fact, it's 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 uh, they're not limited by they're limited by the ability of the ability of people to pay okay. and the church to pay. Um, they, there is no legal. No, they, they they can charge whatever they want to. It's just, of course, that many uh, church people, many churches, can't afford uh, huge huge amounts. Okay. So, for instance, a few years ago, I heard in one denomination, one denominational leader, say to me that uh, it was costing them thirty thousand pounds a year to train each of their ministers, and that was a three-year process. So, you know, given this was sort of eight years ago. Uh, no, £90,000 to training a minister is a lot of money, uh, and you can't ask that minister for that sort of money. Right, right. So so clearly there's a big shortfall between those those doing the training and those um, the, the, the costs that they're, able, that they're actually able to charge. So it, effectively, theological colleges are a bit like charities in the sense they have to raise the additional money to fund what they're doing in order to make the whole thing viable. Yes, they do. I mean, I, I did a, a, a bit of analysis a couple of years ago, and I looked at nine colleges, uh, theology colleges, a mixture of uh, you know denominational affiliations, and I just looked at their very basic, the basic accounts they'd submitted to the Charities Commission, and over a four-year period, uh, those colleges had a total deficit of two million pounds. Now that was after you take into account the donation and legacy income. If you said, well, actually, donations and, and legacies were taken out, that deficit rose to £9 million. So basically, each college had, a, on average, a deficit of over a million pounds over four years. Well, and obviously, we know going back that there have been you know, theological colleges or Bible colleges, as they're called, that have gone under, that have actually had to cease because of the kind of challenges that uh, you're, you're describing. Yes, I mean, and it's not just uh, about money. There's, uh, there's been a whole range of factors that have been uh, hitting the sector over the last six years or so. Um, there's a range of things. So, for instance, uh, whilst cost is one thing, um, there has also been uh, a change in the regulations uh, uh, applied by government so that uh, every college that offers higher education has had to become registered onto a register of higher education providers. They've had to uh, start making reports to the Higher Education Funding Council, uh, known as HEFKI. 
they've had to uh, have a review from the Quality Assurance Agency for Higher Education, that's QAA. Uh, they have to submit data to the Higher Education Statistics Agency, that's HESA, and all of these people charge money. Uh, and you know, so there's been a very significant increase in co the costs uh, that, that have been uh, applied to uh, these small colleges, but also uh, the administrative burden. And when, they, when we started out, many of the colleges didn't have a great deal of experience or expertise in, in, in know, knowing how to navigate uh, these uh, areas. So it's been a very steep learning curve for a lot of colleges, and that's obviously taken extra cost and extra time. But I think also the whole model that we've had, has, had you've got to challenge. Um, traditionally, we've taken students away from their uh, home setting uh, and put them into a residential theological college for normally a three-year period. Um, that's costing them for their tuition fees, it's costing them for accommodation. And a lot of the college's expenses in these situations are actually property costs rather than teaching costs. So th there has been a move by some colleges to sort of almost move away from uh, a campus uh, model and trying to become a little bit more dispersed uh, as, as that reduces the cost and actually helps take education out to the students. And I think it's one of those things where you know, we need to develop a greater imagination as to what can be achieved. And I think we're seeing this actually in mainstream education. We're seeing lots of universities setting up uh, campuses in different parts of the world, going into different types of teaching, into distance learning, into blended learning, using a variety of approaches to teaching. And you know, there are colleges that are, you know, theological colleges that are taking that up and taking that challenge up, but they don't have the deep pockets of the big universities. You know, to, to, to develop a new program costs a lot of money. I, I've worked with, uh, in addition to the, the, the colleges you've worked, you mentioned the universities you mentioned at the start, I've also worked with other universities such as Arden University, which is an online university. And the cost to set up an online course, uh, to, you know, to develop it, to write the material, very, very expensive process. And if you were setting up a new college today, you know, you'll be writing a check for a million pounds just to get one program uh, up and running, I think. My word, okay. Um, I mean, just go back, to go back to the cost you mentioned earlier, one of the reasons, for, of course, for the, the need to register is, of course, the fact that the, the spoof colleges have been set up as kind of um, fronts for illegal activity, haven't they? But, or but, terrorist well, activity. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I think to say terrorist activity is mostly taking it a step too far, but sure. certainly there has been some illegal uh, yeah. misuse of, 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 the, of the process with, uh, I think to start with, with colleges uh, being used as a front to bring students into uh, the UK or bring people into the UK, uh, potentially as students, but actually just as a means of getting them into the UK and then, then them falling off, you know, the, 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 the student, the college uh, register and, and just becoming illegal. Uh, You're listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Bob Stradling, and we're looking at theological education and training providers uh, within the uh, Christian sector. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Bob Stradling. Bob is the College Director of uh, Waverley Abbey College, based in the headquarters of CWR in Farnham, Surrey. He's uh, had a uh, 
career within uh, higher education and uh, we're talking particularly today about uh, theological education and uh, some of the uh, the challenges but also particularly some of the changes that are uh, taking place or at least from government legislation so bob let's uh, move on to that uh, particular theme <coughs> um and, and perhaps start by looking at the um the, the very fact which i guess many would be aware of that the these uh, providers, such as you know, the, the uh, colleges that you mentioned, are ex their, their degrees are externally accredited by another university. So that's the, the system that, that operates within the theological fields and indeed the denominational fields and other, other providers as well. Yes, that's right. I mean, there are one or two very minor exceptions, but um, most uh, alternative providers, that's, that's the theology colleges, uh, go to... A, other institutions, uh, mainstream universities, to uh, validate their programs. Um, and that means that that's part of the process by which uh, students can then apply to the student finance company to get funding, or in the old days they would be able to apply for grants to, uh, to come on to the, uh, onto the course. So it, 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 is a, it, become, it has become a key part of many colleges' uh, you know, income stream. I think if it disappeared, a lot of colleges would be in, in real trouble. I mean, I've, I've spoken to people who thought, you know, let's go back to the old days, you know, where you'd, you, your Bible college could set their curriculum, they could charge money, you could go along, you wouldn't be worried about any other university, and you'd get a, get a qualification, and your church wouldn't be bothered because they trusted the college. Presumably that, that means that the education... The, the, there's no portability of what you've received, and presumably you're not going to be funded by, uh, you know, you're not going to be having access to other funds. Is that, that's the reason it doesn't happen? Well, well in, in part, yes, but also if you go to denominational college A uh, and then you go to denomination B, they may not recognise that qualification right, because right. it hasn't been uh, generated through their uh, own process. But if you can say, look, I have a degree issued by university this university, then no, it is often more able to be recognised. So it is often about portability of qualification. Mm. But also, I think, in, in fairness, I think quite a lot of colleges have also said, well, actually, we want to be able to train our, train our people to a certain standard. And, you know, there is nothing wrong with helping to train people uh, up to a, a certain level because, you know, we, we, we need good leaders who are, you know, able to interpret know the bible and to engage with the bible uh, so that um you know we can really tackle with some of the issues that we face in our society today because there's no you know we, we don't need a, a thin veneer of you know the gospel we don't need a thin veneer of theology we need deep engagement with our society if we are to change it now there have been some uh, constraints to, to training provision in the past uh, and our colleges have as, as I say have required this external university to accredit degrees things are now changing I understand which um, you know uh, gives the currentness to they, our they, they are and again this uh, there's been a last year there was something called the Higher Education Research Act 2017 which uh, I'm sure many of your listeners will have been aware of uh, it was almost lost because of the calling of the general election but it was one of the last uh, bills that that was enacted before the general election last year and this has been the first you know, act of parliament about higher education since 1992 so it's been quite a long time 25 odd years since the last major change and 
the situation means that um, when the bill was being debated, when the green paper was first produced and the white paper was first produced, one of the things it noted was that there was a, a real power disparity between the, the universities that provided validation services and the smaller colleges, such as the theology colleges, that had those services. So, for instance, um, and I'm aware of many colleges, not no, both theology and non-theology, where a, a, a single individual in a university has had a change of mind about whether they should validate that, that college, and consequently they, they've been informed, validation has been withdrawn, and they have to find a new validating partner. Now, that is a, again, it's a costly process. It's not guaranteed. And, you know, I've known colleges that have had to go through this two or three times in quite a short period of, of time. And so uh, what the Act is trying to do is, is basically say, well, actually, even though you're quite small, maybe you could become uh, a validating body. So effectively saying uh, colleges might might have what they are called degree awarding power. Uh, you could put it like we could become mini universities, but I think that would perhaps be overstating it, but certainly we could become, uh, our, no, clearly become our own higher education institutions. And presumably this will take a little while. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but you know, what, what, what would you expect? A, f a few years before uh, some of these theological colleges are in that position? Or, or do you think it may well, never happen? Well, I think there are a number of factors. First of all, um, there's been a consultation process, which is still going on since the Act was, uh, okay. came into force last year. Um, that's setting up something called the Office for Students. And again, your listeners may have heard uh, about that. The, there's been some uh, concern about you know, the appointments to that. And uh, you know, there's been a change of uh, minister for the universities, partly because of the result of that. Um, but this Office for Students is setting, being set up. And all the alternative providers are going to have to deal with it. In fact, all universities are going to have to deal with it. Uh, and it will be taking over some of the functions of, our, of some of the other bodies we've had to deal with. But what that body will do is actually uh, have the ability to give degree awarding power. Now, it, it still has a very high level uh, benchmark that you have to meet to show that you can, you know, you're capable of awarding your own degrees. And I think that's going to be quite a costly process. Uh, you know, it will become slightly quicker, but the Office for Students, whilst it's going to formally set, be set up in April this year, won't actually take on its authority till a year later. So, you know, we're, we're talking a quite a large gap of time before we can do anything. And I think that, you know, it's going to be costly. You're going to have to have people on board your, in your college who understand the system, and those are going to not be cheap. Uh, you're going to need better information systems. So there's quite a lot of infrastructure. So my own personal view, and, and I'll say this as a personal view, is that we actually need to learn to, to, get, to work together as colleges. And I think there's quite a lot of back office uh, processes that we could share. And I think there is a, a compelling argument for colleges to come together and find some way to work collaboratively to gain degree awarding power. And and that may be in, in, in setting up effectively uh, a Christian university that is then able to validate a range of other colleges. Okay, that's splendid. That sounds, sounds very exciting. Um, so uh, 
Bob, we're colleagues at, within CWR, so in the interest of full disclosure to listeners, I'm not going to be giving you a hard time. But, so, uh, but I do want to, 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 to ask about the Waverley Abbey College and, and your present courses and, and plans for the future. Yes, it, it, uh, well, it's been, I've only been here since uh, March last year, and so I'm, I'm really still getting my feet under the table. But it's been great because in a a number of the situations I've gone into, I've I've gone into crisis situations and had to actually help turn things around. Uh, But coming into Waverley College, uh, Waverley Abbey College, it's been um, a joy, actually. I've, I've, I've inherited a good team of colleagues, both administratively and academically. Uh, but our prime focus, and this was something that comes from uh, the interests of the founder of CWR, Selwyn Hughes, was in counselling. And so we offer a range of uh, counselling courses, both at undergraduate and postgraduate level, that are there to help equip people to become uh, professional counsellors. And, and we take all the key models, the counselling models, and we look at them uh, through a biblical lens and a Christian view and help to identify this, the, you know, what is good and what's not good and, and how we as Christians can use them. Now, I'm not a counsellor, I'm an accountant, um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit of a different world for me, but I'm, I'm learning a lot as we go along. But one of the things I have seen is that you know, we've got the, say, this, these range of courses, but what I can see is that there's a need for us to develop those. So the plan is uh, to offer other courses in due course? All being well? Yeah, yes, I think so. I mean, no, at, at CWR, we, we, we have a sort of tagline, which is applying God's word to everyday life. And I think, you know, with the chaplain, no, sorry, with the counselling, we're looking at that and, and saying, you know, we're applying God's word uh, into people who are in real distress and, are, and, and saying, how can we help these people through? And, and we're not, you know, we, we are counsellors, we're, we're training people who are counsellors who are Christians and who can bring a Christian view to their counselling. So in, in some ways, we're, we're doing a sort of a bivocational type of programme in, in that we are training people to be prof- recognised professionally as counsellors, but with a no, they're doing it out of a Christian, uh, not just a Christian viewpoint, but a Christian mission, if you like. Yeah. And I think there is the ability for us to take that on. And I think the, the most logical step is to say, well, what sort of live next, what lives next door to counselling? And so we have plans to introduce... Uh, a suite of programs under the heading of spiritual formation uh, and this would allow people to get qualifications in pastoral care mentoring spiritual direction and chaplaincy and so we're working to uh, with the university to towards that end at this time and we hope to have those uh, courses ready uh, for september this year and so just to underline this is um it's kind of it's not residential as such although there will be some you know, weekends and, you know, overnight stays. That's right. I mean, this is, um, all of our courses are part-time so that uh, people can still do, do their day, no, their everyday job um, whilst perhaps becoming, uh, you know, equipped uh, to change career or to enhance what they're currently doing or to, you know, to help them in a, in a you know, church leaders who've, who've got, I've happened to me. I, I, and I, when I was in Sunderland, I ended up uh, helping to lead a church by accident, and I had no training at all. Um, and so, you know, I, this is the sort of course that would have helped somebody like me to say, well, actually, how do you help mentor people? Uh, how do you provide spiritual direction to people? 
you know, when you've got no training to do so. And, and I think that's really important. We want to help, you know, equip people to apply God's word to everyday life. It's, it's, that's what we're about. Wonderful. Well, sadly, uh, Bob, time's, time's gone, so we don't have uh, time to go any further. Um, but uh, lovely to chat with you. Thank you for uh, making a very complex uh, world <laughs> much simpler for us. And uh, this is going to help leaders as they're reflecting upon their needs of uh, the congregation, and particularly those who are going to be uh, trained in leadership. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having speaking with me, Andy. Well, you've been listening to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Perk. I was joined by Bob uh, Stradling, who's uh, one of my colleagues at CDRR. He's the director of the Waverley Abbey College. Uh, do uh, listen to archived versions of Leadership Farm by going to the website. Uh, you can uh, log on to iTunes too and get a Leadership File there to your listening device. Thanks for tuning in. Look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. Thank you.